0: Jason took the quarterbacks, taken it in the first round. He also threw in Rosen, and he ranked them with who he thought had the best possibility of being successful, right? Now, maybe none of them are successful. Maybe they all are, but this is just his power ranking. Uh, spoiler alert, Josh Rosen was at the top of that heap, which I thought I was a little surprised by. I'd love to know your thought process, Jason, when you went through that and decided to slot which guy where.
2: Well, I think with him, like – I think he's already been to hell and back. Um, yeah, he's a year older than these kids. He's probably more pro ready than most of them. I mean, you can make the exception. Kyler Murray maybe is more pro ready because they're literally going to run his college offense. But you know, in terms of guys being asked to take the next step, I, I think he's already there. And this this is like he he's endured. I mean, close to twelve months of hell. I mean. That organization was in complete disarray. His GM gets arrested. A guy who drafted him seemingly with zero conviction, you know, traded up. I think it's clear that Steve Kime was going to trade to the 10 spot for whoever the fourth quarterback in that draft was. They gave him no incubation, you know, a, a really weak. Coaching staff under a first-year head coach. The staff was put together by the GM. Then the GM goes and gets himself arrested um, and it's suspended for the better part of training camp. They fire the offensive of coordinator. What seven games into the season they, uh, you know, Sam Bradford shows them that he's Sam Bradford by week three, and you know he's thrust into all that. And this off-season, what he's had to endure. I mean, if that hasn't sort of toughened him up and, and matured him, I don't know what will. He goes to Miami on a lark almost and and you know it's not a great situation but it's certainly better than what he would just been through and i think the kid can play a little bit and he's got a blank slate there and compared to these other guys i'll take that scenario with him coming in being rescued with the 62nd pick you know versus some of the expectations and the weight of these other guys who were drafted to be the savior everybody knows miami if it don't work out they're going to be <laughs> you know they're with Rosen, maybe they win five or six games, but they're going to be in a position to get a quarterback next year if they think they can do better than him. So um, I, I don't mind the spot he's in at all.
1: Okay. Uh, well, what, what was the ranking after that, Chad?
0: So it goes Haskins 2, Locke 3, Kyler Murray 4, Daniel Jones 5. I'm, I'm lockstep, pardon the pun, on that, except I would flip Haskins and – Uh, Rosen, just because I think Miami isn't, they don't have enough around him, he's just going to get the tar beat out of him again.
1: Okay, Jason, uh, you know this intimately more than anybody. How difficult is it to judge the future development of Dwayne Haskins surrounded by the chaos that is the norm at Redskins Park? No matter how many great quarterback minds that he has around him, I think Look, and and, and people get tired of me saying it around here, but you can't really judge the Redskins like like nearly any other NFL franchise. And, like, his development may be beyond Dwayne Haskins' control.
2: Absolutely. The whole point of this exercise was, you know, who can incubate? You know, it takes a village around some of these guys. Who can put the best village around them? Now, Redskins versus the league, there's a huge discrepancy. We're great on the curve here, though, Lovey. I mean... Look at – we're talking about Dave Gettleman, who can't decide whether Daniel Jones was worth the sixth pick or if he wants him to sit for another three years because Eli is the Messiah and he shall play forever. I just chronicled a mere fraction of how the Arizona Cardinals took a kid at 10th overall that systematically killed him over the next 12 months to the point where they had to give him away for the 62nd overall pick. John Elway, you know, just Google John Elway and drafting quarterbacks, like – that's where people go to die, right? I mean, Paxton Lynch. I mean, he's what, like the fourth quarterback in Seattle now, um, you know. So that's who we're talking about. So this is the worst of the worst, you know. Like, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to compare what Washington could pop, pop, possibly do for Haskins versus what a New England could do, or what a Green Bay could do, or what a Pittsburgh could do, you know, or, or whoever you know you think does a decent job of developing quarterbacks or evaluating talent and putting it all together. Based on this construct, it's a really low bar to clear. You know, I mean, we're talking about franchises that. I mean, when's the last time Arizona drafted a quarterback who worked? You know what I mean? The only modicum of success they've had recently is with you know guys like Warner or uh, Carson Palmer. Palmer yeah. You know, yeah. at the end, I mean, Miami. What? Go look at Miami's quarterbacks the last twenty-five years since Marino. It's staggeringly scary. So, what? You know, this is this is kind of like the dregs.
1: Okay, I get that. I, I get that reasoning. Sometimes it, it, it's it's hard to recognize that. It was uh, tough, there's st- Trust me,
2: Lovey. It was tough. <laughs> like it was. I mean, because I've seen it and I know what happened. You know, look, like, I, I right there. Look, I, I saw Patrick Ramsey and Jason Campbell, and you know, RG, I've seen this happen, Cousins. Like you've seen it literally firsthand. But eventually, things have to change at least a little bit. And again, I, I'm not saying it has to. It's going to change to where, you know, this kid's lighting the world on fire by year two, but versus these other scenarios, I'll throw a dart in his direction over some of these other ones.
0: By the way, it was Jake Plummer, 97, I guess, is who you could make the uh There
2: you go. All right. so, argument. Yeah. Jake wow. the
0: Snake had a year or, year or two. Um, I'm with you on Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. I'm sorry. I'm sure he's a, a great player. I, I'm sure that he could overcome size there's just too many variables to overcome, including the general manager the franchise, a losing record head a college coach that you brought in all of the the lastitude that seems to be surrounding that team. I just think too much has to go right there's too many variables working against him for for me to believe that he has a really good shot in this league
2: i mean it's it's tough this smells like to me a little bit like you know chip Kelly um or Steve Spurry or one of these things where it's boom or bust, but history would say it tends to bust. Now maybe look, maybe this maybe the air raid, you know, this version of the air raid will work and maybe they'll protect this kid better than they did Rosen. But I, I mean I look at the constitution of their line. I don't know that it's markedly better. I'm sure they'll get David Johnson more involved and try to protect, you know, the kid a little bit that way. But you're talking about a, a coach, you've got a GM fighting for his life, you've got an ownership group that's proven to be um, you know, fairly woeful more times than not. And you got a you don't know we, you know we got a GM fighting for his life and the coach who knows. I mean it's it's a grand experiment. It'll be interesting. Um I'm going to pay more attention a whole lot more attention to him this year than last year whether they're winning or losing. Um but I don't know about the ability to get this kid through, you know, multiple seasons. Unscathed. I, I just don't know how it's all going to play out. I think he's a superior athlete. Um, I think he has a lot of things going for him. But Cliff Kingsbury didn't pick that staff. I mean, the same guy who picked the Frankenstein staff last year picked this <laughs> staff because Kingsbury doesn't know anybody in the NFL because literally he has zero experience in the league since he's watched out as a backup quarterback. So, oh, you know,
1: Godspeed. You know, uh, you mentioned how Miami – if Josh Rosen didn't work out for some reason and, you know, let's say they won, you know, five or six games, they could certainly draft another quarterback next year is, has the, the new, the, it's not that new now, but
2: it's eight years old. I always call it the new CBA too. Yeah. I
1: mean that, that has that salary structure for incoming quarterbacks uh, changed roster building for the better. And uh, is there a downside to a lack of patience then for development?
2: Well, I, I think, look, it's, you, you, know, you no longer have the Jamarcus Russell concerns where you take a kid that high and it literally blows up your cap for multiple years and can set you back um, you know, exponentially. Uh, it mitigates the risk. Um, but, you know, in terms of development part, I mean, how many guys really take a leap you know, year like their breakthrough year becomes year five or year six or year eight. You know what I mean? Like, okay, Case Keenum kind of had that for, uh, you know, uh, three quarters of a season a couple years ago, but then he regressed to the mean, you know, and looked like the guy he was before in Denver. I, I think you generally know by year three, one way or the other, no matter how much they're making, it allows you to... It allows you to to certainly gamble on volume. You can throw um, more chips down on that position and not have to to worry about it blowing you up. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's the the, the organizations that um, are the most well-run, that are the most patient, um, that, you know, have the smartest people making the biggest decisions that tend to win in this league and develop quarterbacks.